Matt Brown is a former Secretary of State in Rhode Island. He's also a Democrat now running for governor. Welcome in. I have a distinct disadvantage. You're a little tired. You were sleeping outside in the tent at the State House. Uh, yeah, I am a little tired, Gene. Yeah. Um, a group of us, uh, my, my running mate, uh, the, the great Senator Cynthia Mendes, and I, and uh, people have been working on the issue of homelessness in the state for a long time, and mm -hmm. just concerned citizens have been sleeping outside the State House. Uh, for three nights, we mm -hmm. started with six people. We're now uh, 18 people slept out last night. And the point is um, to uh, expose the depths of the crisis of the unhoused in this state. Mm -hmm. It is at a crisis level. We've got hundreds of people living on the streets every day, including children. Um, and our government isn't addressing the crisis. And it has over a billion dollars, as you know, in emergency COVID okay. relief funds that could be used to address this crisis. So there's not, a, there's no shortage mm -hmm. of funding, but they just don't seem to care and they're not doing their jobs. I don't, I don't doubt the sincerity that this is a big issue for you, but isn't this a publicity stunt? You're up there in a tent overnight, you're here in a suit with me, you've gotten a few headlines, but they're not budging, they're not listening to you, so is this a publicity stunt? Well, we started just three days ago and it's growing and, um, it is an effort to expose uh, how outrageous it is that our government, with all this money that it has at its disposal, will not see or care about or look out for mm -hmm. these incredibly vulnerable people. And, and you know, we, we are getting just a tiny, tiny taste of it, uh, those of us who are out there sleeping out. It's, been, it's cold. Yep. Um, last night, as people across the state know, we had a massive windstorm. Our tents were knocked over. Uh, I ended up having to sit outside, which is why I'm tired here for okay. your show. Uh, and that's just a tiny taste. This is People are living this as their everyday existence. And then they have to get up yep. and go to work. They have to make a life. They have to take care of their children. I mean, I'm tired. I got up and, you know, I, <laughs> this is what yeah. I do <laughs> doing today, sitting here talking to you. Uh, that's pretty, you know, that's easy compared to what um, hundreds of people out in the street uh, have to get up and deal with every day. And we have a government that is not addressing it. So we are saying we're going to be out there and the, our numbers are growing and we're going to keep making the case until our government takes action to address and resolve the crisis and make sure that no one freezes to death this winter. It's going to be down into the 20s tonight. No government has been able to solve homelessness. We've thrown tens of millions of dollars at it historically. We can't fix it. And if I move the clock forward, you're the governor. You one next year. What are you going to do to fix it? Because some of these people, they don't want to go to the shelter. Some of them are perennial, perennially unemployable. You know that. Some of them are on drugs. It's not that easy. Yeah, so uh, the first part actually could be easy. One percent of the so-called ARPA funds, the COVID mm -hmm. relief funds that we got eight months ago, one percent of that $1.13 billion is what it would take to, to have the people currently living on the street in Rhode Island, including children, mm -hmm. in hotels, in hotels room, which we have done some of before, other states are doing it, and that would at least get people through the winter so no one freezes to death. Then we've got to go beyond that. We've got to build, you know, uh, Cynthia Mendes and I called for when we announced our campaign, building 10,000 green, affordable, and low-income housing units. Mm -hmm. the, the core of the crisis, once we get people through the winter, through, for example, a hotel program, the core of the crisis is we don't have enough affordable and low-income housing units in this state, and we need to build them. We need to invest in them, and we have the money to do it. We have federal funds to do it. We ought to be raising taxes on the wealthiest 1%. We've got a massive tax break that cost the state over a billion dollars over the last 15 years. Mm -hmm. It's not a shortage of funding. 
it's a shortage of caring from our government and some corruption because they go up there as you know they take donations from the wealthy and from corporate interests and then they go up there and work for those people instead of working for the people of the state would you like governor mckee to start spending some of that million you know, because, you know, maybe the leadership is doing you a favor. He'd love to throw around as much as he can of that, but we're going into an election year. Well, look, uh, the blame goes all around up there. It's, it's Governor McKee, it's, it's uh, Senate President Ruggiero, okay. it's Speaker Shikarchi. You well, left me an opening. It's your party. Wrote, it's wrote, the Democrats. It's well, you. I'm, uh, look, I'm running in a primary against a, a long-standing corrupt political establishment okay. that has served the interests of the wealthy, the connected, the corporations in the state instead of the people of the state, all the people. And, you know, let's just remember how unusual the way this government is acting is. This is the only state in the country democratic state run by mm -hmm. a democratic government that has yet to spend one dime of these emergency federal relief funds for COVID. They came in, we knew about these funds eight months ago they came in. Right. It, and, and they're all to blame. Governor McKee took six months to write a plan and when he did it was to spend just 10% of the funding. Every other Democratic governor in the region right. back in May had a plan to spend all the funding. And you're right, the legislative leaders should have called a session a long time ago. We are still in a pandemic. We have hundreds of people living on the street, including mm -hmm. children. They have a billion dollars to use to solve these crises, and they aren't doing their jobs. So many topics I want to get to, but yep. just before we leave homelessness, by the way, you're taking them all on. So you're going after the leadership, Senate, everything. Okay. Uh, you're also the most progressive of those in the, in the race. We're going to get to all of that. I read commercials on the radio today for a bank, a sweeping company, a restaurant, uh, and even another one I can't doesn't come to mind. They're all looking to hire. There are jobs out there, and right now they need people. They're paying seventeen, twenty dollars an hour. They'd probably give you the first month deposit to put down an apartment. They're so desperate for people. Isn't that a factor here? Are these people who don't want to work? Do you have a problem with perennially unemployed and people who are on drugs? It goes a lot deeper than just somebody is out on the streets. Oh no, no. Look, the the homelessness problem is is. Uh, complex there are a lot of reasons that people mm -hmm. end up there i mean and we've been talking to people who are unhoused uh, uh the problem uh at its root is that people can't afford housing uh and we've just come through a pandemic so it's gotten worse for people people are getting evicted they can't afford rent you know this it's not just buying a home people mm -hmm. can't afford to rent in this state almost anywhere the cost of housing has gone through the roof. This is not a, you know, I think part of the problem and the reason that our government doesn't care is because they think of the unhoused as the other. That's, there's something different about them. There's mm -hmm. something, you know, they're, they're different and they're the other. Not true. Uh, there are a lot of people living right on the edge. There are a lot of people who are on the edge of being evicted from mm -hmm. their, uh, their rentals uh, because they, and they work. But, okay. but, but, but we also don't have a living wage in this state. And that's one thing that we are calling for is a $19 an hour living wage, which is not even $40,000 a year annual salary. Okay. You, so it's the cost of housing, the cost of health care, the cost of college, all have gone through the roof. Wages have not kept up. We have inflation now. 
and people can't afford to live in this state, and they fall through the cracks. All right, you, uh, you are the most progressive, far left of those in, and I don't think you back away from that. You started the progressive cause, and you putting candidates uh, forward. You know, Rhode Islanders, as I look back, they like a centrist candidate. They put Republicans in, who might say just to the right uh, Republicans, even Link Chafee, even Governor Raimondo, centrist. Why would they put a far left person in like you? That's not what they go for here. Our po you can put whatever sort of name you want on it, but our policies are really common sense, and I think it's what most people in the state, I know it's what most people in the state are looking for. First of all, most people in the state agree that the Rhode Island government is corrupt, doesn't care, and isn't doing their jobs. That's pretty widely. You go out and talk to people and in the grocery store, in the street, that's pretty widely I, I won't challenge you on that, that the government has a bad rap. Yeah. yeah. I won't challenge you. And so all we're saying is, Cynthia Mendes, who's running with me, she's running for lieutenant governor, and all the candidates of the Rhode Island Political Cooperative were running for legislative and municipal seats, and we're running on a shared platform. And our platform is just to say the government ought to work for the people. It ought to ensure that the people have a living wage. Uh, we ought to ensure that people can afford to go to the doctor. We ought to ensure that, uh, that, that people can afford housing. It shouldn't be, but back to the homelessness issue, yeah. it shouldn't be the policy of our government that people live, some people live outside. That is the policy of this government, that some people live outside. It's a policy okay. choice to not address it. So these are common sense policies. And, and uh, you know, I think the people are with us on this, and we're gonna go out there and win not just the governor and lieutenant governor's races, but win a whole new legislature as well. You mentioned Cynthia Mendes. You, we don't run as a ticket here, but you really are sort of running as a, as a virtual ticket. She's with you everywhere. Yep. And uh, you said the great senator. You know, she's defund the police. Are you defund the police? No, she's not, neither am I. Well, from we, what, I, what I read, uh, she's uh, no cash bail. She tweeted that yep. out. Yeah, where, would you, where do you stand on defund the police? Oh, totally agree on no cash bail. Our, our, uh, policy is the most comprehensive policy to fundamentally change uh, the criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. It is not keeping our community safe and it does not provide justice. That includes legalizing marijuana. That includes ending cash bail. Okay. That includes no, no for-profit prisons. Corporations shouldn't profit off of imprisoning people. Uh, so banning for-profit prisons in the state. As you know, we have one in Central Falls, the Wyatt. Yep. Uh, so there are a lot of things we need to do to fundamentally change what is a, a broken criminal justice system. You, we have a comprehensive policy to do that. down to defund the police. Are no. you defund the, what no. are you? And what is she, by the way, if we misspoke, is she reimagined the police? No, Because no. it appears from what I read in tweets. No, we're for ending cash bail, which is the tweet that you outlined. But yeah. no, our, our policy is a comprehensive policy to fundamentally change the criminal justice system in the ways that I said, legalize marijuana. Uh, free nonviolent drug offenders. The, the war on drugs was not just and it was not effective and it was not fair and it needs to end and we need to legalize marijuana here to do it. And uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, yeah, no but, but with yeah. regard to cutting the traditional police budget and spending it on social workers or other areas, that's defund the police. Now you can argue it's reimagine the police. Are you, are you for defunding the police? Cut the traditional budget, police a different way. Yeah, no, as I said, no. We're for this entire uh, comprehensive change to the way we, we keep our community safe, uh, the way we uh, uh, deal with criminal justice in this state, and it needs to happen, of course, all around the country. It's been a system okay. that is not keeping our community safe, and it is also not just, and it needs to change, and we have a very comprehensive proposal to do that. So you wouldn't urge the cutting of any police budgets? Well, we don't, we don't, as governor and lieutenant governor, we don't do city you, budgets. You would run but, the state uh, police, and it's a, it's a big philosophical issue for your, for your party. Uh, people say Democrats are defund the police, so go ahead and hit that head on. You're going to leave the budgets as it is, and, and uh, what? Well, as I said, we're going to look at 
all the changes we need to make to make our okay. criminal justice system keep our community safe. Uh, uh, and also get, well, there's a broader budget question, which is, gets to the underlying causes here. People need a living wage. People need, children okay. need a good school to get on a track to get a good job. People need to be able to afford to see a doctor. All of these things are critical for uh, giving people the opportunities to rise and to, and to make a living and to afford to live in this state. The tweet I'm reading from Cynthia Mendes, your running mate, end cash bail, that's it. That's the tweet, end cash bail. Have you seen what's going on? When we end cash bail, we have people who, who drove a car into, uh, into a crowd in, in Wisconsin. How could you end cash bail? You want to let, let them out without, without holding anybody for trial? Because cash bail and a lot of things involved in our criminal justice system criminalize poverty. So a wealthy person, let's take, let's take the bankers uh, who drove this economy into the ground in uh, 2007, 2008. They destroyed lives of people across this state. You remember the crisis of people, uh, people losing their homes? Uh, one of those bankers who makes however many millions of dollars a year, say, say they did bring charges against them, it's no problem for them to post bail. Somebody, you know, gets pulled over for something who's, who's a low-income mm -hmm. person, and then they can't pay, you know, whatever the bail. So it's a broken system, and it needs fundamental change, and that's the policy that we've put forward. All right. Now, going back to the people you have to run against, you've already gone after Governor McKee. You said uh, he hasn't spent a dime of that money, and it's his fault, too. He's on the record. He defend himself. What's the matter with Nelly Gorbea? Look, we just have a, a uh, Cynthia Mendes and I have a very different um, policy uh, agenda. Uh, we're the only candidates who are uh, calling for Medicare for All style health care, calling for a Green New Deal. Mm -hmm. Green New Deal, not just to build out uh, the renewable energy in the state, which we need to do. We, mm -hmm. we call for making Rhode Island the first state in the country to run 100% on renewable energy, but also to start shutting down urgently the fossil fuel industries in this state, which are obviously... Just narrowly keep it to Nelly, because I'm sure she's going to say, I'm green, I, I, I'm, I'm for climate reform, I'm for climate change, so what's wrong with Nelly? Then I need to move on to the other candidates. Well, I'm, I can tell you, with all of them, we're the only candidates who are for Medicare for all style healthcare, or for a Green New Deal here, or for a $19 living wage, which by the way, when we say living wage, a minimum wage needs mm -hmm. to be a living wage. If we have a minimum wage on which people cannot afford to live, that's, how can you do that in the United States of America? And a $19 an hour living wage, which we're, and we're the only candidate, Cynthia Mendes and I calling mm -hmm. for that, is not even 40, just about 40, just short of $40,000 mm -hmm. a year. That's what you need to live, to pay your rent, to take care of your family in this state. So these are the policies that we're for. By the way, congratulations to members of your caucus who got the $15. I didn't think they'd get that, but they did. So when you say $19, I, I don't know. Maybe it will come at some uh, pass. But when you raise the minimum wage, you also raise prices because the consumer pays that in the end. Well, now, hold on a second. The, I, I, I would say, Gene, that the problem for the economy in Rhode Island for a long, long time is that it is unaffordable to live here. People, are, and, and I'm talking about middle income people, working class people, mm -hmm. uh, it is unaffordable to live here because the cost of housing has gone up so much, the cost of healthcare has gone up so much, the cost of college for your kids has gone up so much, and wages have not kept pace. And so you have an economy where huge numbers of people are, mm -hmm. are living in debt and are living on the edge and are living one you know, healthcare emergency away from disaster for themselves. 
The best thing we can do to grow this economy, including supporting our small businesses, is get some money into people's pockets so that they can afford their rent and their food and then maybe go out and buy some things from their local small business. And to do that, we need a $19 living wage. Those, the, that list of the indictment of your, your, the other candidates, that would include Magaziner? You put yep. him on the list? I'm the only, all right, yep. okay. I think we've hit most of the major candidates. Dr. Munoz, by the way, is also a Democrat. He'd probably agree with most of what you're saying, including the $19. Well, no. Uh, we're the only candidates who've put forward the $19 living wage and support that. The other thing I'd say is we're the only candidates in the race okay. who are, have pledged to not take any corporate PAC, corporate lobbyist, or fossil fuel okay. money. And so we're not going to go up there and work for those interests. We're going to work for the people. We've got two minutes left, which yep. means a lightning round. So just quick answers. Yeah, hospital merger. Do you like what you see so far? Let those two groups merge, yes or no? No, I'm skeptical. All right. Truck tolls, would you keep them up? Uh... I'd have to look at where we are with the truck tolls and what they're doing. Yeah. Well, you you followed the whole debate. They're whacking trucks as they come in and putting the money toward keeping the bridges and roads uh, maintained. Yeah, Keep I'm 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 skeptical. But, also, right. <laughs> legalized marijuana. Yes. Yes. Uh, driver's licenses for illegal immigrants. Yes. All right. Uh, municipal consolidation. Uh, if 39 cities and towns, somebody, some people say that's our problem. Yeah, Little fiefdoms. It depends on the details. I mean, there's some things that we are that cities already do together. Cities and towns. Some of the smaller ones have consolidated. And we, you know, we can look at ways to do that, but it, it's not, it's not a, yeah. a, a, a silver bullet. Yeah. All right. Uh, it could be on your plate. It's a city issue. The, the, uh, the Superman building. What do we do with it? Just one minute. Any ideas? Turn it into affordable and low-income housing for people and help, help solve this homelessness crisis. Oh, by the way, Councilwoman said the very same thing not that long ago. The, shape, the, the uh, health of the Providence Place Mall and retail in general. Struggling. And, and, and I think that the, you know, there are a few things we need to do. One is we need to get this pandemic under control. The pandemic has crushed people's uh, livelihood. The people have lost jobs. People mm -hmm. have lost small businesses. People have lost, most importantly, loved ones. And so uh, we're the only ones who called for a vaccine requirement for everyone to get vaccinated in order to go into public spaces, restaurants, uh, clubs, events, and so on, which is what this country has done mm -hmm. historically to bring pandemics under control, and we haven't done it here. I've got to, I've got to hold it there. By the way, uh, if you retired coming in, you're not now. <laughs> you, you've perked up. You, won't, you, you look won't, like you're ready for action. You woke me up, Gene. Thank Perfect. you. Yeah. Thanks for coming in. Thank I look you. forward to having you on my radio show. That's Matt Brown, Democrat running for governor. Thank you for joining us, as always, for 10 News Conference, the region's longest-running number one political show. I'll see you on the radio Monday morning, 6 o'clock. You can also listen to this on the radio every weekday on WPRO. And then I'm back on the news Monday at 6 o'clock right here on NBC 10. Have a good rest of your weekend.